This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Dr. Vic, and you are listening to another episode here on the Mindful Experiment. Excited to have you guys on as this episode, I had a wonderful and beautiful conversation with Terry Lonowski. And this was just a great combo. It was really heartfelt. And I know you'll feel that in the conversation. Um, we talked a lot about what she does in soulful listening. Now, what is that? Well, you're going to learn all about that in the episode. But it's really, I think, an answer to a lot of the problems we face in America. She shared some stats on 50%, uh, over 50% of Americans feel lonely in some way, shape, or form. Um, and we talked about some of the health implications in there. We talked about her process to what soulful listening is. We heard her beautiful story and we talk about, and I hope this brings up some memories for you as it did for me. There was actually a couple that came up. One I didn't even think was going to show up. And it's about the people in our lives who really held space for us and how monumental they were for us in our life. We've all had them. And when you really look at your life, you're going to see that they show up. And it's us being more human, in other words. And that's the kind of way I took this episode. And I'm really excited to share this with you guys. So before I go any further, I want to just share, Terry is all about being heard as powerful. With inspiration from her grandma, Helga, and wisdom evolved throughout her lifetime, 
Terry created a five-element holistic approach to heal the communication, divide experience in our relationships, at work, and our personal lives. Terry is a TEDx speaker and founder of Soulful Listening and earned a master's in education in educational psychology from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Significant professional contributions include serving as a chair of the American Counseling Association Foundation, representing over 50,000 professional counselors nationwide, and leading nationwide human-centered design teams not once but twice to showcase workforce innovations at the White House. Great conversation, guys. Sit back and relax. Enjoy this one. Here is Terry Lenowski. Terry, welcome to the show. Hi, Dr. Vic. I am so excited to be here today. I'm excited to dive in. I love what you're doing. I love your concept on soulful listening and all that. I am all about the soul in general, so it's, this is going to be a lot of fun. Before we get into that, can you please share just with the listeners your journey of how you got into what you're doing today? Oh, gosh, that's such a great, rich question. And it, it's evolved throughout my lifetime. But what I know for sure is that there is power in being heard. And I also know the pain of not being heard. And so my life has taken me on a journey that has helped me to kind of reveal the secret to listening in a way that leaves others feeling heard deeply. And it was inspired by my grandma, Helga. So I'll give a little backdrop of how I grew up and, and what, what really uh, gave me the foundation of this. So I grew up in a small country town of Auburn, Nebraska, and I lived in a mansion on the second floor of a mansion, which sounds just lovely. And I say second floor because my family had converted the first floor into a bustling restaurant with banging and clanging and late night bar crowds beneath my bedroom every night from three years old on. And what I wanted more than anything was to feel seen and heard without even being able to name it. And if someone had asked me who listens to you, it would not have been my parents. The focus was on the business and there was wild chaos and family dysfunction but there was one person that did listen, and that was my grandma, Helga. And in her presence, it was as though we were in a safe, warm, delicious bubble with savory aromas wafting in from the kitchen added extra comfort. And our relationship was critically important throughout my life, especially in high school. When my high school guidance counselor, when we go in, you go in for that senior conversation about what's next, and he said to me, Terry, you're a small town girl. You get lost in a big city like Lincoln, Nebraska. Your best bet is to go to secretarial school and work for your family restaurant. And that would have been a death sentence for my spirit. So after some sleepless nights, I went to Grandma Helga to sort through that lie. And she, with great presence, said to me, Terry, look at all I've done without education. Think of what you can do with it. And by her holding the space for possibility and speaking possibility into me, my life shifted in a completely different trajectory. And I went on to earn a master's degree at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln <laughs> and eventually chaired the American Counseling Association Foundation, which represented over 50,000 professional counselors. And then I even went on further to, to coach human-centered design teams from across the nation 
And at the heart of that was empathy. And we ended up in the White House two different times. And imagine what my high school guidance counselor would have said to that. But again, it's the power of being heard. And a soulful listening conversation can change the trajectory of someone's life, whether you are the person doing the listening or you're the person being heard. And so uh, does that, that kind of gives a little bit of background. I, I love your background. I can relate to that because, I mean, I remember growing up as a kid, uh, very emotional. Um, and it was just, you know, I grew up in an Italian family and it was just, you know, th that level of emotional intelligence, I guess, for less of better, lesser words to choose, um, was always just deal with it, figure it out. You know, just, you know, he's one of those moves or that's how he is, you know, that's it. And it was rather, I just wanted to be heard, like just hear where I'm at, right? Just let me just be able to share. And it's, you know, I always say life will, you know, God, life, whatever you want to call it, will always bring people to you that you need. And uh, you had your grandmother and I had mine, you know, didn't really uh, show up until high school, but it was, she was in my life before, but I didn't really like create that relationship with her until I was in high school. But it was my, one of my mom's, uh, she's actually the one that forced my parents to get together, my, my like marriage. She forced my dad, I should say. My, my, my wife, my mom wanted to get married, but uh, my dad's like, you know, you know, pulling it off, pulling off. The one day I remember uh, the story goes in the middle of the night, it was 12 o'clock at night. My dad, she, she was an old, she was a German woman. And she just looked at him and said, you are marrying this girl or else, mister, that's it. I'm telling you right now, you're going to, I'm going to give you hell. And he, he got her married and that was the end of it. But she was the sweetest lady in the world. And she was the one that would listen to me because in high school, it was really more of that. And it was one of those things where, uh, you know, my parents would say something. I always remember she's like, parents forget the will that they, they don't realize that the, what they're sharing is what they want rather than listening to what you want. And that was, I'll never forget that statement. And I was like, man, if I didn't have her, I don't know. So it, I just wanted to share that because I, I could totally relate from what you're sharing. That is so beautiful and heartwarming. And it, it really reinforces the importance that a person that we value in our life, listening to us in a way that is inspiring. It just is so important. So how does one begin? Because we're not really, I think in today's era, we're so in our heads so much that, and it's always like, we're thinking, we're not even present in the moment, half the time in conversations, okay. how do, how does one begin to even, what's that journey look like? Or maybe, uh, I, I have so many questions I want to fire. So I'm like, hold on here. Um, you know, what is soulful listening? We'll go with that okay. first. And then we can talk about the journey of that afterwards. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I think it might be helpful for me to just kind of highlight the five elements of soulful listening. So we have a framework to have the rest of our conversation uh, so there, there again are five elements, the first of which is self-care. We rarely consider the importance of self-care when we talk about high quality communication, but when we've had enough rest, a good nourishment, a good nutrition for a few days, we really are more emotionally available for others. So just being mindful of that and also our self-talk, you know, what's spinning in our head that affects how we can connect with another and setting healthy boundaries. So it's really complex, but self-care is fundamental to high quality communication. And that sets us up for the second element of soulful listening, which is becoming fully present. You just mentioned that. And you know, I, could, I imagine we all have been in situations where we can almost see a bubble above a person's head with a laundry list of things they're thinking about 
not us. We feel it. And so when I say becoming fully present, sometimes that can feel a little abstract. So what I would love to do is to guide your listeners and us through a simple breathing exercise. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. The way that we're going to do that, we're going to take three intentional breaths. The way that we'll do that is breathe in through our nose, we'll hold, and then we'll breathe out through our mouth. And we'll breathe out for a longer count than we breathe in. So four in and six out. And before we do that, just take note of your body. Just feel your body right now. Wiggle around a little bit. Okay. And now we're going to begin. Breathe in through your nose to the count of four. One, two, three, four. Hold. And out through your mouth. One, two, three, four, five, six. Again, in through your nose. And out through your mouth. And notice the warmth in your heart area. The final time, breathe in through your nose. Hold and out. One, two, three, four, five, six. Now notice your body. Will your toes. We are all more fully present now than we were before. I felt the energy shift between the two of us. And so it's so important when we truly take care of ourselves and become fully present, we bring a quality of grace and compassion into every interaction. And this sets us up for the third element of soulful listening, which is kind of a combination of active listening and empathy. If these two had a child, it would be this element of soulful listening. And it's where we listen all in with every fiber of our being, through all of our senses, through our eyes, our ears, our heart, our intuition, to more than just words. And the Urban Dictionary defines this type of listening as quantum listening. So it's that next evolution of listening all in. And when we listen in this way, we often gain insights into how we might be helpful to another, which sets us up for the fourth element, which I call the secret sauce, and that's inspired action. When we gain this insight, we might, and we often do, find areas where we can be helpful to another, and we all have access to connections, to resources that can be of enormous value to another person. And so it's taking it a step further, listening, taking action, inspired action, you have somebody else's back, no strings attached. You just do it from you know, your free will, so to speak, and from a, a, a position of generosity. And then there is the final element of soulful listening, and that's the feedback loop. That's when you, you let a person know that you've taken this action. Again, no strings attached. You know, oftentimes we can be in conversations where a person's leaning forward, they're nodding their head, you feel like you're being heard, and then crickets. You have no idea if anything was done and you kind of wonder, you kind of question yourself, did it even matter that I just bore my soul in front of another person? But as these five elements repeat themselves, they embed integrity within a relationship. So imagine having that kind of an exchange with a person. The next time you are together, the guards down a little bit further, you're open up, you're more vulnerable and it's safe to do so. And when that 
inspired action is taken, you have confidence not only in the relationship and your conversation, but in yourself. Just want to take a quick break here and just share with you if you've been enjoying this episode, please do me a huge favor and just share it with a friend, a family member, someone that you know would benefit or enjoy listening to this just like you are. If this is your first time listening to the episode, please subscribe if you haven't done so already. It allows you not to miss another update or episode release that we do. If you're enjoying this, please do me a huge favor and share a review on whatever platform that you listen to uh, the podcast on. It it helps expand our reach and our mission out there and so much more. Now, let's go ahead and let's get back to the show. I like it. We can, there's a lot of questions asked now. Um, <laughs> I love when someone brings up inspired action because I, I teach a lot on universal laws with clients and so forth. And and one of the things that is, uh, especially as a business coach, it's one of the, 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 the mindset shift that I have to get people to is you don't have to do much of anything. And mm-hmm. a lot of times people think they do. But when you bring up inspired action, there's actually a law called the law of inspired action. And that when this relates more to like law of vibration, when you're at a certain vibration, mm-hmm. the thoughts or ideas, circumstances or situations, they're just going to come to you. But I love this in a communication piece too, because it relates to that where if you're really just tapping in and being present, you know, at that moment, you're allowing your intuition to kind of, it's like, it's like listening with different ears, as I like to usually say it. And it's and it's one of those things where you you pick up on stuff where you may you be maybe inspired to say something maybe or you may feel and it's just a whole like you don't have to think about anything. Yeah. And that's what I love about when when I when I first heard about when I first saw like you do soulful listening I'm like oh I can't wait to see what this is going to be about because I don't do a whole lot of homework on my my guests because I want to keep it open and, and like it, it, just to be able to be like, okay, I got a couple things I understand that what they do or what this is, but I'm not going to go look at what that is. I want to learn from them. So then that way I can, it's more that way. Uh, so I can be present, right. And not have like, oh, this is what I read. This is what it is. Okay. I already understand this. No, I, I so for listening, cool. I have no idea where that's going to go. Let me dive in here and have a conversation. So um, I love that. So let's get into self-care. I'm a big person about self-care. I formerly was a pediatric chiropractor, uh, holistic practitioner, energy medicine practitioner. So I'm all about self-care. What are some things that you recommend for people to really um, start their journey on self-care? Mm, that's such a great question. Uh, begin. That's the first, that's Begin. <laughs> No matter where you are, you can take steps forward to more self-care. So, uh, you know, like step away from judgment. Say, oh, man, I haven't exercised for like a month and a half. And I just forget it. (laughs) No, start. Start wherever you are. Acknowledge where you are. And then take a a step forward. And I also would encourage you listeners to to really look at their life. They may be incorporating self-care right now, but not aware of it. You, You know, the dog has to be walked. You know, you're out in nature, hopefully, to walk the dog. <laughs> and when you're when you're doing that, say, oh, this is part of my self-care. 
oh, I never noticed that tree before, that flower before. So your awareness is part of the self-care as well. And so start small and then incrementally add more and more. And how we talk to ourselves, we can do that. We can just kind of catch ourselves. Oh man, that loop. Uh, I think Brene Brown's uh, book, The Gifts of Imperfection. One of my big takeaways from that book is we would never talk to another person the way that we talk to ourselves. So just check yourself on that. And that's part of self-care. Yeah. I love that. I love when people bring that up because it's like, I always say, I, sometimes I'll ask clients like, do you want, do, would you date yourself? You know, how you talk to yourself? Would you date yourself? Oh, heck, I've never got a yes yet. Uh, even even some, they bring, sometimes I had a client one time, they said, no, I wouldn't. They're like, Doc, would you date yourself? I'm like, absolutely not. They're like, wait a minute, you're the one who's the, and I'm like, no, I'm being honest with you. I'm transparent. No, I wouldn't. I go, I have inner critic. I have limiting beliefs. I have all these things. I go, I'm working through them. Uh, I go, but uh, no, I, I go, maybe 10 years down the road. I'll see how that goes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love how one thing you brought up too, it, you know, it's so many times, and I, the way I asked that question, I, I would actually want to change it because I, I asked it in a way of all these things to do, and and uh, you know you brought it up so elegantly where it's just like just take a step, right? Just just do something, like just get you know. And if you got to walk the dog, I love compounding things. So if you got to walk the dog, that's a task that we have to do. Go out in nature and do it. Now all of a sudden there's self care, and you're walking in your dog, taking care of that to them, and it's just it's it, it's a win win on both worlds. Right, right. Uh, I love that. Um, you know, present time, I love how you use the breath to reset, you know, and get centered. I'm so huge on breath work and just breath in general. Um, um, is when, when, when it comes to that, is there, when you're in a conversation, is there a certain breathing pattern that someone can utilize to stay present? Because I know um, for I've over the years, I've had to learn how to uh, be hyper focused in listening and being present in the moment, um, especially being like an ADHD person. Uh, back in my day, it, it, I was undiagnosed because I and when I went to chiropractic school, I kind of looked back and was going when I learned about it, I was like, oh, my God, that's me. Holy cow. That was me to the T. Um, but through chiropractic and meditation and all these other things, it's taught me how to center my energy so intensely how can an individual really dive deep and stay present in a conversation when they're listening to somebody? Right. You know, we have to breathe no matter what. So that's, that's a, a good base. Done deal. <laughs> that's it. You nailed that. That was, that was a good question. I mean, that was a good answer. <laughs> and, and so um, I guess just being aware of your breath simultaneously while you're listening to another person and sometimes if you could just kind of bring your breath down to your diaphragm kind of the lower part of your diaphragm rather than the shallow upper upper lung breathing which is you know kind of indicative of fight flight and so just just kind of like push it down okay my, my belly's extending it's contracting it's extending it's contracting and and you don't have to make any big proclamation to another person when you're in the middle of a like a heated high stakes conversation but if you do that just a couple of breaths it doesn't need to be oh let's stop and breathe you know i mean just like be life is happening just be in it and just be aware okay okay that lady said take a breath into my stomach <laughs> I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> okay. I yeah. love that. Well, we're so taught not to, you know, I just became a dad two months ago and oh, congratulations. Uh, oh, thank you so much. It's been such a joy. 
And I love watching them because they're, you know, the way she breathes, she's, she does, she does belly breathing. You'll just see, I just see her stomach contracting up and out and out very fast. And I'm like, I go, interesting how that's the way we naturally should be breathing. And uh, I remember at 19 years old, I was taught to breathe through my belly. And I had a yoga instructor tell me this. And he's like, you got to look at, put your hand here, all these exercises. Yes, to do. Yes. And I'm like, I can't, that's hard. I go, I got to focus. What the heck? And he's like, we're all conditioned to do upper respiratory breathing up here using all these muscles instead of going deep. But one of the things I always like to share with, with people is that when you're talking about the deep diaphragm or extending the belly, there's actually nerves at the bottom of our abdomen that when they get stretched, it actually promotes relaxation. This is why when we can take a very good deep breath, our body calms, there's other parts of the brain that pick up on that also. But, um, and I've learned that over time and that's, what's always helps me stay centered and stay calm uh, when I'm engaging in a conversation or even a heated argument, because, you know, the first thing we do when we're heated or just, you know, an argument or, um, you know, something comes up or someone just doesn't agree and you're like, okay, how do I keep this smooth? How do I, and it's like, hold on, just breathe, just get present and you can feel them more because that's the one thing I want to, you know, the next question kind of going down the steps you shared a little bit here. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that yet, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, this is one thing I think is huge because it's all about, you know, you were talking about, getting in with your senses and everything, how can we learn or how can we trust ourselves or learn to trust ourselves? Because listening, really, the words, with, I think there was a book I read, I think it's like 93% of what people say is actually, you know, or sorry, words are like communication is 93% nonverbal. And, you know, what I think it's like 50 something percent when it comes to body language. And then it's like 30 some odd percent that comes to tone. How do we tap in or any tips or tricks on how we can tap deeper into that that element of like our intuition and to really feel yeah. the conversation rather than being so keen on what they're saying, which is all in the mind at the end of the day? Right. Again, uh, practice is helpful, but but being, you know, being present will take you beyond where you are right now. No matter who we are, no matter how. Uh, skilled we are at listening. I, I, even myself, when I become present, when I just like hold the space for the conversation to be what it is. And so when I look at that, uh, what that means to me is, you know, entering into a conversation without a prescribed script. Oh, he'll say this, I'll say that it's going to end like this, you know, why even have the conversation? And so, you know, to just kind of dial that back be present, be aware of the person, be aware of the room, be aware of your own body. And that will open up greater possibilities. And when we enter into a conversation with a state of curiosity and some high quality questions, that can be helpful as well. And when we look at our, you know, you mentioned emotional intelligence. When we come into a conversation with a higher degree of emotional intelligence and really kind of charting out, not, not when you're in the middle of a heated conversation, but just be aware of your emotional range rather than, oh, I only have two. I'm elated or I'm mad. You know, no, there's, there's a broader range. And as you become more aware of your uh, degrees of emotional intelligence and, and the full range, you can kind of go, oh, that's triggering that. And you can just kind of let it be what it is not discard it, but let it be what it is and open up the space even further for a richer connection. 
I like that. That that is so true. Because sometimes we, I interviewed someone before, and we're talking about emotions, and I think it was like they were talking about like people only have like I think it's like three or four. Like they'll say this is the main emotions I have, and he's like, we need to expand that out so that you can understand the different tones and all that. And I love how you brought that up there. Um, so another question then I, I'm thinking because I I like to look I look at things from different angles, and it's like, so I love this. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some. I'm gonna come back to these questions on this part, but. Why do you think we as a society, uh, it comes to a point where we don't, we're just not being heard enough? Mm -hmm. That is an incredibly complex question. And so I'm going to like, <laughs> just it was inspired action. It came to me. I yeah, felt like yeah, someone told yeah, me I have yeah. to ask you this. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay. One of the, one of the reasons, I mean, if you go out to dinner and look around the tables so and you see a family of four, all looking at their cell phone as opposed to one another, we are not practicing connection and conversation and listening, nor are we experiencing being heard. You know, when we have a social media following of like 5 million, yet we haven't had like an eye to eye, really vulnerable conversation with anybody probably in the past month. Do you see what I'm saying? And so, so we get fooled into thinking that we are so connected because we have, you know, access to technology. And I, I'm a big fan of technology. I also am a bigger fan of human connection. And using, you know, if you're using technology, use it to connect on a deeper level. We are so hungry for it. Uh, and this not being heard really is instrumental in the loneliness epidemic. And so when we look at loneliness, I mean, these figures will bring me to tears every time. Over half, half of the American population is lonely. And the health implications now have reached into the fact, uh, the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That lonely, desperate feeling of not being connected. And health implications now exceed those of obesity. So this is, this is so important. You know, uh, we as humans thrive when we see, feel seen and heard and supported by others, period. And so when you ask, you know, why are we not being heard? I mean, it's, we kind of set ourselves up uh, for that. And, it, and, you know, conversations, how to have like a conversation is not being modeled in many cases in, in the home. And so then that concerns me on so many levels because we need to be able to connect to thrive. And no, then I mean, we are, yeah. Oh, go on, sorry, go ahead. Okay, we are at a time in our global community where we have such significant issues to address, such significant problems. And for me, the only way that the, the answers to those problems can be released is through listening and teasing out nuances and holding the space for greater possibility than we now see. Now, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, even, you know, humans, we're, 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 I forgot what the word is, and I'm going to mess this up. We're, we're, we need to be with others, in other words. Yeah. Um, and, and it's it, it, what it does for the brain, um, you know, because like, just for example, like the easiest cure for depression is just do something for somebody else. It, it, and people look and go what do you mean how can that be and it's like no literally there's a part of your brain that when you do something for someone else it fires up these centers and you just start to feel good and mm. it, you know and it's one of those things where we look at i always say this a lot where we are 
connected in so many ways, but we're so disconnected in other ways. And that loneliness is just something that that's why I love what you're talking about with soulful listening. Cause I think that's something that's massively critical that needs to be uh, out there more so that people can hear it. Cause I mean, you just look at society, look at teenagers, look, you know, you look at the, the isolation in so many different ways. It's mm-hmm. just um, definitely a change that needs to happen. And that's why I kind of appreciate some of the work you're doing here with that to really, um, help people because it enriches their life so much more, doesn't it? Oh, ab- absolutely. And, and again, it, it releases and ignites the genius within a person. You know, we all have genius of some sort, I believe, we have gifts to offer, but let's say in the workplace, if you're not, you know, tapping into that genius, if a, if an employee is constricted the answer to your most critical problem might be right in there, right there, held hostage. And so to find a way to tap into that is just, you know, almost magical. And, you know, you mentioned teenagers. Uh, can I share a teenager story? Go for it. I love it. Do we have yeah. time? Do we have we time? got time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you also mentioned becoming a parent. So I'm going to share a parent story about a teenager, and it would be my teenager. <laughs> so I have been, well, I was a single parent from the time my son was uh, 10 years old on. His name's Jacob. And so I have only communicated with him in this way, although it was not called soulful listening at the time. So I was checking in with him. He was 15 years old. And it, I said, Jacob, what do you want for your after high school experience? And then I just listened. He, at six foot five, 300 pounds, said, Mom, I'd like to go someplace strong in math and science. And if I could play on a good football team, is there a place that has both? It just went, I'm sure there are. Let me check. And I heard Jacob beyond his words, beyond his body language, to that insightful part of him. We were living in Nebraska, cornfield in the backyard. How could he come up with this? So he had something, his his innate intelligence was calling forth possibilities beyond what you could see in our home environment. And so I checked around and then I went back to him. The Southern school kept popping up. So I went back to Jacob, the feedback loop, and said, People are saying this. He goes, we should go. I didn't even know how I was going to pay for a plane ticket, let alone feed this 300-pound behemoth in a big city. Yet, when you listen soulfully and take action, doors open. And so we got on a plane, went to this southern school, met with coaches, met with students. We're walking around a park. He looks down at me from his 6'5 perch and says, Mom, I feel like I belong here. And that was it. Before the end of his junior year, he had a full scholarship to play football at Georgia Tech. And that just opened up possibilities. And he's continued to lead a life of great possibilities. He uh, you know, coached at the collegiate level. And then he went on and got his doctorate in physical therapy. And so now he's practicing that. And now he just made another career shift where he's going to go and coach um, the elite special forces, Navy SEALs. That's so, awesome. so, so just, just let's go back just a little bit. If at that moment in Nebraska at 15 years old, when I asked him that question and he proclaimed his vision for his life, if I would have said, if I would have contracted and placed my limitations on him, what might his life have looked like? 
I don't know. I mean, I think he will always, he would always, he was kind of wired to, to do, do things beyond average, but, but just by somebody walking alongside him and holding that space. And to me, that's when, when a child gets to be in their, you know, their high school years, that's kind of what we become kind of their advocate. Yeah. What, what you're sharing there is what my wife and I talk about as being parents. Like it's our, our whole thing is just to support and just be there in the moment when something comes up, don't react, just breathe and just be in the moment and just listen to them and really just feel them. And, uh, but I love one thing you share too, because you talk about, again, inspired action came up. So I love this because it's like, I don't know how many they did the trip, the flight, this and that. And, but we, we, we felt like we had to go. So we went and look how everything just worked out. Like it worked out yeah. well beyond, I'm assuming probably well beyond expectations. There is no way I could have imagined the life that he has led. There's no way, no way. And you that, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's, that's it. As I said, I just love that because that's where I think the magic of life is. And in, in, in a lot of people, when it, we we get so hewn into because like you didn't you didn't share your limiting beliefs with her with him. You didn't you know, you could have contracted all those kind of things. And instead, you just you, you shared that space and let you let the seed in the soil germinate to blossom the way it wanted to. And kudos to you for doing that, because look at now his life and so forth. And like I said, I've had I've had people I'll never forget because. When I made the choice to become a chiropractor, I still fought in my head because I had my dad who wanted me to be in computers. That's originally what I went into. And I'll never forget the night where I fully decided I'm going to do it. It took another three years before I two over two years before I made that choice. And it was a Wednesday night. Talk about people coming into your life and, and doing this. It was a Wednesday night. This lady, I've been working with her for a couple of years. It was a Wednesday night. We worked at the college and all of a sudden we're talking and she just looked at me at the end of her night and just said, you know, Vic. She goes, you have the heart to help people. And she goes, that's all I have to say to you. She goes, I know you've been going back and forth with this business. And she goes, you have the heart to help people. And I just, I don't know why I have to tell you that, but I'm telling you that. And I just hope that helps with your choices. And it was that night I made the choice. I was like, I'm going full in chiropractic. And six months later, I was in chiropractic school. And, um, so that, again, holding that space, just sharing to all the listeners, I'm sharing that story. I don't know why it came up. It just came out of nowhere. I'm like, I got to share the story, um, to just add to what you're sharing about your story and and to others to inspire them to, uh, get, you know, be more, have more soulful listening in many different ways. So leaving on that note, how can people learn more about you, what you do, soulful listening, the whole nine yards? Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, my website is probably the best way to kind of tap in and, you know, check in to see what I'm up to. And it is soulfullistening.com, all one word, soulfullistening.com. Uh, and I, I did a TEDx talk that was released this year. That's another thing that people might want to take a look at. And I, and now I'm really excited about taking my work onto different stages. So um, if your listeners are interested in me being a, a keynote at a conference that they're involved in, I'd love to love to have a conversation about that to see how I might be a good fit and add value. Awesome. And so I'll have all that in the show notes. Um, Terry, this was awesome. It was delightful to have you on. I really enjoyed this conversation. And I really want to thank you for the work you're doing. It is so needed in this world uh, in so many different ways. I can feel the impact of what you're doing. I can feel 
the shift that you're creating in this world. And I'm just excited that there, you are doing that and really making a huge impact and being a steward in this world. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.